But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something that I just did, 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 <laughs> A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the 9 by 9 It is episode number 87. It's the Sidney Crosby uh, episode here, Rob, Mr. Rob St. Clair. My name is Everett DeLorem. That's Rob St. Clair from Chicago. I'm in Toronto. This is the 9 by 9 It is the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. And Rob, I was in the bush. You must have been having a time watching some of the ball going down because... There has been some incredible things happening in the volleyball world uh, as of late, of course, with the Olympic qualifiers going on right now on the women's side. But before we get into that, Rob, we need to get into Euro volley and what, like fifth, sixth times the charm for the Polish men's team as they finally break through. They finally beat Slovenia and they finally win Euro volley. Congratulations to Poland. I picked it. You didn't. Rob, let's get into this. Um, first and foremost, why didn't you pick Poland? Let's let's start with that. I think, for, I think people in the chat want to know that. For the memes, obviously, the memes. guys. <laughs> when I even said it, I even said it on last week's show, what I made the pick is that, uh, so as for the Poland versus Slovenia semifinal, I was going to pick whoever you didn't pick. And oh. you, you you picked Poland. I, I wanted to pick Slovenia for the memes. And uh, that mm-hmm. is, that, that's what guys, people... I mean, I said it. I said it on the show. I said I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the memes. I'm gonna pick Slovenia. Obviously, Poland's playing like the best team in the world right now. Uh, it's funny, like on both the men's and the women's side, the the team that won VNL then followed it up with also winning Eurovolley. It's been like very much a confirmation of that international dominance for both the Polish men and the Turkish women. I mean, yeah, Poland was the best team by far in this tournament. They beat Slovenia three to one in the semi, and then they three donged Italy in the gold medal match and. The way and in Italy, in Italy, and in we'll, Italy ta- too, we'll talk which... about we'll talk about the match in particular. But I mean, there is no question at all that Poland is the best team on the planet right now. None, none whatsoever. It has a very much feel of LeBron to Miami styles, where you know it took them a little time to get going, and you know they lost that first championship, and the next one was like, no, like we're we're about to go for a run here, and that and that's kind of what it feels right now. This team looks so good they look so hard to beat um they're solid through and through and they're finally working together and i think for me that's kind of the big things is the fact that they're finally working together and uh and and getting the job done yeah the we talked about it a lot at vnl the the job that gerbich has done in getting Mm -hmm. that team to buy in because that is a that is 14 at least maybe more like 17 to 20 players who are top level plus league starters and, and not only starters but stars stars like, we're, we're talking right. about legitimate stars this there's there's no there's no one on the team who isn't a legitimate star in my right. opinion and nikola gerbich has gotten them all to buy in to his strategy and his his philosophy for this team and it has gotten poland over the hump and they did it in this tournament without mateusz biniak who mm-hmm. is a starting one of their starting middle blockers one of the best servers on the planet and norbert huber steps into the starting lineup in his place and arguably might have deserved mvp of the tournament I and mean, he had like he was 5 for 9 attacking two blocks and five aces in the final i mean th- this the, the wealth of options that Poland has and the ability for them to have 
this next man up thing and not drop their level at any position except maybe setter. And again, I think Janusz deserves a ton of credit. That's I hundred percent. Before yeah. we, I mean, first and foremost, like for me, going from Biniak to Norbert Huber is like it's just a look over. Yeah. You know, sure, sure, Biniak has is is his serving is is on a different world, but Huber is is right up there. But for me, when I watch this match back, uh, when I look at the stats, how um Janusz spread that offense like 22 attempts for uh Leon 22 uh, uh attempts for Kazmarek 14 for Slivka 11 for Kokonovsky it's just spread so evenly like there, there's no favoritism they're not just going to one guy he's just delivering that ball so well and everyone's getting a shot yeah you couldn't draw up a better set distribution no. if you're if you're writing a game plan for that match in three sets, you could not come up with a better distribution than what Yanis set in the final. So, let you want to talk about the gold medal match? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, to me, it was just domination by Pullman. Pullman oh, yeah. was was, all, was always in control. At, it was match. It was serving. It, it was it was a thousand percent serving. Uh, Poland had eleven aces as a team in three Huge. sets, which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, five from Huber, like I said, three from Leon. But the, I mean, even more so than the ace numbers. Look at Italy's passing stats. Look at bad. them. Thirty-three percent positive, dude. Thirty-three percent positive. Twenty-two percent perfect. They got absolutely served out of the arena. That was the difference. It, it was, and Daniele Lavia was incredible for Italy. He was their best player throughout the whole tournament. Um, 11 for 20, over 50% kills. Uh, what is that? 40% efficiency. He was outstanding. Micheletto was good as well, but they just could not pass the ball. They had nine total middle attacks, attempts, and zero in the first set. They could not set an offense. They, 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 there was nothing that they could do because Poland's serving was just too good. That was absolutely the difference in the match. Well, Fredo Leon was the MVP of the tournament. I thought it was pretty well deserved. I mean, his numbers yeah. were good, maybe not great, but his presence from the serving line reminded me of Zenit Kazan, Wilfredo Leon. And that obviously... I mean, his, is... his, his numbers don't need to be great, right? right. He's not in a mirror where he's the only guy. Well, he's got 16 other dudes around him who, who can all get the job done. And sure, if they need it, Gerbic can come off the bench, and I'm sure he could strap on some shoes and still and still ball out, right? Like, this team is so studly, and they've finally found that that chemistry, that yeah. that real bonding between them. You can see that they're having fun. They just look like they're going they have so much confidence. And why wouldn't you? When you're a guy like Slifkar Leon, when you know you have four now and Semenyuk backing you up and, and Bednor's too, like you can make, you know, it's not like everything is resting on your shoulders right now, but this is how you need to beat Italy, right? right. Italy is great in all areas of the game, passing maybe not as much. Um, you need to beat them from the baseline because Italy is one of those teams that once you started getting into rallies with them, that's when they're going to start beating you because they have right. so, so many different op options. And, and Gianelli is maybe the one position on the court that I might give advantage to Italy uh, oh, for over, sure. over, over Poland and, and Janusz, right? So he runs that offense so well. So if you can discombobulate Italy from the baseline, then, then it's kind of game over. And that's exactly what this did. Like the serving numbers in itself, like 11 aces to 15 errors, three aces to 16 errors. And then the passing disparity. It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's, over. It's, it's, it's over right then. You can't, that's it. 
you can't get yourself back into it. So no. big ups to Poland. I'm happy to see it. I mean, I called it obviously, um, but we're Rob. We might be seeing, we might be hearing uh, Polska red and white a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot uh, over the next few years with this squad. Uh, yeah. And Poland, by the way, all they also get revenge beating Italy in the final in Italy. Revenge for Italy beating Poland and Poland in last year's world championship final. So I'm sure that felt extra good. Let's talk about Italy for a bit. Um, they kind of just ran up against a better team in the final. Yeah. And that's kind of all I have to say about this. Uh, yeah, they, they did not pass the ball well enough. I didn't think that Fabio Belasso had a very good tournament in the matches that I watched, which is a, a little bit disappointing after he was probably the best libero in last year's world championship. Well, he was, according to the Dream Team, and that was well-deserved. I thought Lavia was really good. The middles were a complete non-factor. What are they really going to do, though, when they couldn't pass the ball? Uh, and then Italy's normal blocking strength, because I do still think that they're the best blocking team in the world, just wasn't really... They weren't able to flex that muscle quite the same way. And, uh, I mean, still, Eurovolley Silver is a very good performance. Um, they, I mean, they were they won the, the tournament two years ago. Italy's going to be fine. Like, they're, they're going to qualify for the Olympics this, easily. This is a one-game scenario, you know? like Pretty much. It's, it, and, but you're right. At the end of the day, I think the better team won. <laughs> I, I agree. I think the better team won. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was throwing shade at our Italians in the Discord after, um, after this tournament. Everyone was, like, the Italians were saying that Italy is the second-best team in the world. And I completely disagree with that. I think that absolutely belongs to the United States. I think I'd Italy give is, them third. I'd give Italy I would, third. Right I also now. I also would give them third. And and the reason why I gave them third is because the United States destroyed them head to head at VNL. And then all the Italians are like, oh, it's VNL. We don't care about VNL. Oh, it's VNL. We we never we never care about VNL. I'm I'm sick of hearing that. Yeah. Well, do you care about Eurovolley? Sorry. <laughs> oh, I mean, they, as they should, they were the defending champions. They got beat by a better team in the final. So, yeah, it's definitely Poland one, United States two, Italy three, in my opinion, in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, they dis like Italy just took care of France in the semifinals. Um, and that, that's in a, like in a, in a three dong, which I picked. In a three dong, which you picked, I did get that one wrong. I, I mean, France was so good against them last year. Like, when you look at these French stats, Oh, that's uh, I did. I mean, I didn't watch this game. Oh, actually, no, I did watch this game a little bit. It, what, it was the on, semis. Let's it was let's, on, let's was, get it, to the semis in a bit. It was on Thursday, right? Um, yeah. Wait, wait just a second for the semis. Let's talk about the other medal match first. Congratulations to Slovenia. Slovenia wins bronze. They stave off a reverse sweep. They went up two nothing against France. France pushed it to five in the bronze medal match. Slovenia got it done in the end. Uh, Rock Mozic commented after the match. He's like, this feels like winning gold. This feels like such a big deal to Slovenian volleyball that it feels like they, they, they won gold to them. And, I mean, ending your tournament on a win after they – I mean, Slovenia took silver the last two Euros. Mm -hmm. um, but ending it on a win with a bronze might feel, honestly, maybe even a little bit better. And to beat the Olympic champs in France, I'm sure, it was a huge deal for them. Congrats to Slovenia. I mean – Man, some of these numbers. Tina Earnout, 17 for 27 with yeah. one error in the final. That's nasty. Rock Mazda, similar, 23, 23 for 38. 38. Yeah, Crazy. Exactly. I'm lo here, here looking at these stats, and Slovenia came to play. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, France did in sets three and four. Um, that, that's, that's quite obvious. But when you look at the number for this French team, like 
hitting numbers are down 10 errors. They only had five blocks, only five aces on the day. I mean, Slovenia wasn't serv- serving that well e- as well. Only 40%, 47% uh, hitting efficiency. Um, where's France? Like where's, where's the French team that, that I've, I've, I don't know, dude, but the big question for me in Slovenia is how much longer is this um, sustainable? How much longer until Urnout and Chebul and Kozimernik and that old guard, you know, bow out? And then what's next for Slovenia? Is this is this the last time we're going to see them on the podium? That's a great question. I mean, we we asked the same question two years ago. We did. I remember I remember it well when, when we Slovenia beat Poland and then lost to Italy in the Euro finals two years ago. And then kind of at last year's World Championship, too, when they hosted and got all the way to the the final four. We're like, all right. Is this it? Is is this the last like? Is this the last run for this Slovenian crew? And we've said that twice now, and it wasn't the last run for the Slovenian crew. So um, good for them. They another Eurovolley medal is an amazing achievement. Yeah. The one thing Four that medals they, in five years is crazy. Which it's incredible. It's yeah. it's incredible in that continent. What they the one thing they have left to achieve. The one thing is is qualifying for the Olympics, and uh, they have a difficult pool. Um, they have Japan, the United States, and Serbia uh, in their Olympic qualifier pool. And they'll, they'll probably get in on ranking because they're easily yeah. a top 10 team in the world. I'm pulling that up right now because ranking is going to be a huge thing. Um, as long as they don't lose out all of their qualifier games and lose out at next year's. Uh, they're eighth right now, so they're a little bit on the cusp. But they're also like 60 points ahead of 10th place Netherlands. Yeah, oh, and, and I, twenty point and, and forty points ahead of Serbia, who's in ninth. So I, think I would they're, say they're comfortable. I think they're pretty comfortable too. So I, I hope for Slovenia that they do that they, that they do qualify for the Olympics. So I think they deserve it. I, I like the three outside hitter thing. I really like Rok Mozic on the right side, and a big uh, difference for them. Also, Absolutely. credit credit to Dejan Vincic, man. After not playing basically the whole tournament, Grigor Ropret hurt his ankle in the semis uh, in the loss to Poland. And Vincic, uh, the old man, came off the bench. He started this entire match, and he set him to a medal. So uh, congratulations to them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely huge. On the flip side of, of this match, Rob, are we worried about France? Yes. Uh, they... I mean, they can use the hangover excuse all they want because, and we we all keep making the joke in the Discord, but it's not really even a joke anymore. That when France goes out and parties the night before, they show up the next day a little sleepy. But there there are some problems with their offense, man. Their offense in these two matches in the finals was not good. Their offense against Italy and getting three donged in the semis was not good at all, and this one not great either. Just a ton of unforced errors. Uh, inability to terminate big questions at opposite neither Patri nor Boyer were very good in these finals uh, they're, they've got big questions at outside hitter I mean Ingapet started this game and actually he was okay uh, which he was, I was, he was, he was alright 15 for 29 his passing, was, his passing was fantastic it was very good and uh, so, so is Kevin Tilly's I mean his passing was excellent as well but the last thing I expect France to struggle with is side out offense like that that's that that doesn't really make sense to me. So I wonder if their offense is a little bit too predictable and just a little bit too basic uh compared to other guys other teams. Like if you look at Italy and 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 Poland, USA, even even Slovenia. Like we've seen this like the, the French offense for me hasn't changed since they won the Olympics in 2021. 
Like the French, true. the French offense hasn't changed for me really at all since even maybe even before the pandemic, right? And, and, and it's it's the same guys. And regardless if you have Petri or Boyer, like Boyer is a little bit more physical than Petri, but like, you know, not neither of them can really take over a game on a regular basis. Boyer um, can when he's good. Boyer but... can when he's good. But, what you know, he's good at the beginning of seasons. Boy, Boyer is, a, is an early season player. So and so, Irvin Ingepet made a bunch of comments after this match and after this tournament, and like I'm honestly kind of surprised we saw him at all. I mean, we saw him a tiny bit in pool play, and then after France got embarrassed by Romania, uh, either France or Ingepet or both said like, "Oh yeah, Irvin's done from the tournament. He's just going to be along for the ride. He's not going to play very much anymore." And then. Sure enough, they brought him off the bench against Italy in the semis, which they lost. They, they, they started him in the bronze medal match, and he looked pretty good. But then Irvin was saying, like, oh, yeah, don't worry about France. Like, I didn't really do anything this whole summer. I'm going to go to Hawkbank this year and not play very much. I'm, I'm basically taking the season easy. And then next summer, we're going to come back and win the Olympics again. Now, I am not so sure about that. It's, it's not... Just because you captured lightning in a bottle once to win the Olympics, which was an all-time achievement, I'm not taking anything away from that. The ability to do that again after three years of not really playing all that great as a team, I don't really like their chances. I mean, they're, they're going to be playing at home. They don't have to worry about any of the qualifiers, but I have not seen that I mean, that level from France anywhere close since they won VNL two years ago. It was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was it was twenty two, so a little over a year ago. Yeah, just just a little over a year ago. So the to me, it it, it it's questionable because a on one side you have France who has the ability of all teams to just turn it on, sure, flip that switch, let's get it going, let's 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 make a run at things. Like they have the the roster. I am a little bit worried about their depth on the left side at the moment. Um, I think both Tilly and Angapeth are a little bit up there in age. Tilly isn't known as a Terminator left side. No. And Angapeth, either he's great in dropping close to 20 points or he's bad and he's he's not really relevant all, the, all that much. You know, It's blocked a lot because he can't jump off the ground anymore. He exactly. looks slow yeah. and overweight, which he did, by the way. Like, If he thinks he, that they're going to win Olympic gold next year again and he's going to go to Turkey this year and barely play for hog bank and just chill all season like what kind of shape do we honestly expect him to be in come next summer yeah but then that's when i would see if if i was him and i think you know what i'm gonna go enjoy myself in Ankara this year i'm gonna eat some kebabs uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have a good time turkey's a beautiful country fantastic food culture you know they they know how to they know how to do it right and then once the season ends I'm going to shutter myself. I'm going to work. And, you know, may, maybe maybe you don't play that much, but maybe you you focus on the working out a little bit more. Come into VNL. I want to play every single match, and then I'm going to be ready for for the Olympics. Like, that's that's this, this to me is like old man preparation right now. Is that really what we think that Irvin Ingepet, of, of all people, is going to I mean, I'm not do, saying though? I think that's that's what could happen. I'm what saying it's should a possibility. Do. It's, it's on, on the table. It's on the table for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Our friend Peter in the chat just said France has issues with all positions right now except libero, and I kind of, I kind of agree. Even setter, even Brizard doesn't look that good. Yeah, uh, the I would I would say that's maybe their biggest issues right now. Is, yeah, is, is, is in two and a half, right? With yeah. both Brizard and, and Tonyuti, they seem to clearly go with Brizard, 
but it just it's just not clicking. I mean, I would somewhat push back. I think Chin Yezi has consistently been one of their best players, and I mean, he was again in that semifinal. Um, he he had the, he had the most points for for France. He was the only one to be in double digits. Like he is there on a consistent basis, and, and he plays that M two spot is a little questionable. It should be it, it should be Leguff. Right. Well, it is like they they don't really even have a third middle that's anywhere close to that level. But Legoff is pretty old. Yeah. So uh, you brought up the semifinal. Let's talk about it. Italy three donged France in Rome. Uh, Italy looked very good. They actually were able to pass the ball that particular day. Um, Lavia excellent, thirteen for twenty two. Romano excellent, fourteen for twenty four. And offensively, that was actually Italy's biggest difference from the semis to the final is that Romano wasn't nearly as good. But I will put a lot of that on on the serve reception. Yeah. Um, France in this one, man, not great. 16 service errors and only three sets is way too many. Only two blocks. Really, really low efficiency for all of the wings. But let's see. Patri, four for 11. Boyer off the bench, four for 15. Uh, Ingapet, five for 16. Uh, was good off the bench. He was five for seven. That's that's more like it. But still, like you need to give him a little bit more um, volume. If if he's if he's hitting at that clip, he's, he's hitting at a seventy one percent efficiency. You need to give him a little bit more volume. That I think is the thing for France is that they they're they're inconsistent on offense. Even though their peak levels at every position is really high, mm-hmm. it takes them about a set to figure out who's working for them that day. And then they have to go from there. But at that point, they're already in a hole the way that they've been playing recently. It was that just like so happened that at the Olympics in Tokyo, every single one of their players was having the tournament of their lives. How sustainable is that? I wouldn't ask, like all they have to do is all be on at the same time, right? Like they How have, sustainable is that? How likely is that? But that's the thing. The Olympics is the one tournament, right? Where you don't even have to play. Like you get to play like every other day. So if there's if there's ever a tournament to be able to do it at, it's the Olympics, right? If there's ever a tournament to turn it on and and to get it going for, it's 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 hundred percent the Olympics. And I mean we've they've done it they've done it before, so they know how to do that. Now, of course, one of the big things that you need to take into account when we're talking about the Olympics, and this may be a little bit premature, we're acting a little bit like ESPN right now, but I don't mind it. One of the things you need to take into account when you're talking about the Olympics is that 2024 is going to be vastly different from 2021. No, no fans in the stands, no fanfare, no, none of that stuff. I'm pretty sure they were locking down on the whole uh, intermingling of the athletes at the, love, at the last. They Olympics. were for sure. Right. There was no uh, extracurricular sleepovers, let's say, and there was no condoms getting run through uh, in the <laughs> athlete village like other time. You're telling me that's going to be different. It's going to be the same thing in Paris once the world is now that the world is back open up no that is going to be distraction central they better double the amount of condoms that they have for the next olympics <laughs> uh because it like some because especially like when you're when you're talking about some of the like the the runners and like the cyclists who know they're going to go in and finish like 50th of like a 100 person 100 person field you know that they're just going into have they're going to perform for their one event and then they're just going to have a good time there's a lot of distractions when you're looking at the next olympics so can france do that i want to see them turn it on for next season they need to have a a much better season than they did this year i agree uh good for italy in this match they were better uh they were better their offense was good they received they received serve very well and they kind of imposed their strength and blocking ability and uh, there's not that much to talk about about the semifinal a lot of hate for gianni in the chat right now I, I do kind of agree. I, I don't. I don't love 
the way that Gianni's handled this particular summer for France. They just haven't looked very good. His decision-making hasn't been great. His challenge calls have been all-time bad. <laughs> really, really bad. He, he's definitely lost France some points and maybe some sets uh, with irresponsible challenges. But uh, is, should France be calling for his head now? No. Uh, if, no. If, they, if they fail to perform at, the next, at next year's Olympics at home, then I could see them starting fresh in 2025 with somebody else, but uh, like no reason to get rid of Gianni in the next year. My question is, Rob, is it win or bust for the Olymp- for for the Olympics for France? And I I don't think it is. No, I don't think it's win or bust for any team except for maybe Poland. Poland might have that extra pressure for them, right? Like I, I think if if you're Poland right now, it's it's a year out, and I know we're getting this a little bit a little bit too early. But if Poland doesn't win the Olympics, they're the only team that has that win and bust. Every single other team, depending on how you lose, but if you're a top team and you lose to another top team, it's just it's just what happens in sports. I think the United States has has some pressure as well because that our window is closing faster than Poland's is. True, but, uh, true. Your window your window is now. It's, it's now it's now or never for that's, this 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 current roster that's true version of the United States but, uh, about about Poland as, as we talk about their semifinal win over Slovenia good match by the way Poland has learned this year how to look past the pressure that had killed them the last like decade uh, and we, we've we'd seen it time and time again Poland would get in a golden situation to win a tournament to win a semifinal whatever it was and they would collapse on, under the weight of huge huge pressure because they're probably the best volleyball federation in the world on the men's side they have the, they have definitely the best fan base they have the most expectations and they would historically crumble under that pressure and now as of this year after winning vnl and winning Eurovolley, they have figured that out whatever the method has been nikola gerbich has figured out how to how how to have that team embrace their moments and not crumble under the pressure that is on that team and now can they do it at next year's Olympics is a great question, but here they, they took care of a good Slovenian team pretty much no problem. I mean, how nervous was all of Poland after that first set? (laughs) Oh yeah. How nervous was all of Poland after, after that first set? That was, mm, it was one of those things where like literally had stupid year. We need to rant about Eurovolley in a second or not Eurovolley CEV and they're, Dumb, dumb decisions on how to put things. I don't, whatever. Um, but I was watching one of those, you know, illegal streams and I was packing for my camping trip and I just look over and I see that Slovenia has won the first set and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's oh, happening. <laughs> oh. Like, honestly, like I was just like picturing as I was packing, just like riots happening in Poland. Like pictures of Gerber just being slashed, pictures of Leon being like burned. But they were able to turn things around. They were they were able to figure it out. And I think this this win right here, once they won the semifinals, they weren't losing the finals. I agree. Right? Once they won the semifinals, they, they weren't lose, losing the finals, especially beating Slovenia the way they did. Um, yeah, just, just a massive. This might have been the biggest win of the year for them in the semifinal. I think it was. I definitely think it was. Uh, I mean, look at some of these numbers in the semifinal for Poland are not good. And the, no. and the fact that they made it past it, three aces to 22 service errors, that's terrible. That's worse than one to seven. 22 service errors in four sets is not acceptable. 
plus uh, Leon getting blocked six times. Leon passing five percent perfect, like and and not getting subbed off somehow. Like that stuff is not good enough. But Poland figured it out anyway. Like their their middles were brilliant again. Um, Schliefka pretty low efficiency. Kaczmarek had himself a game for sure. Um, and Poland blocked the ball well, but. Like this was that was not Poland's best match, and they were able to win anyway. And I agree. I think getting that Slovenian monkey off their back in this particular tournament was a very big deal. Massive. It was it was huge. It can't be understated how big that that win from is from them. And I think it really opens up Pandora's box as in what's possible for Poland in the next little bit. We've said it at the beginning uh, a, a while ago, Rob, that the 2020s might be Poland's decade. And I think we're finally fully coming into that. Like with this, this is going to be every it's, it's, it's Poland versus the field right now in my opinion. Right. Well, it's, on, it's Poland versus the field. Yeah. Well, on paper, it should be Poland's decade. They are, they're unbelievable. Their roster is ridiculous. Uh, all right. Let's, um, let's wrap up our Eurovolley discussion with some of the sort of like more organizational things and the broadcast things like you're talking about, because I have First, some issues with this too. First, let's talk about the venue because I thought the venue looked fantastic. Oh yeah, I thought great. the crowd was the crowd was great. Uh, so big ups to Italy for for showing up like that. I felt I found like I really like the blue tint to the lights that they had. Uh, I don't know why. I, I just I just enjoyed it a lot when I when I was uh, when I was watching it back. So uh, yeah. good big performance ups Italy. from Italy. Yeah, like compared to wherever they hosted the VNL finals last year, was it Bologna? Maybe wherever yeah. it was. Uh, they they did not do a good job with that event. There was all those issues with the team's practice facilities and food and all that stuff. But uh, and then the the venue and the production and the crowd in Rome for Eurovolley looked awesome. So I agree with that. Yeah, the 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 venue in itself and on person looks great. However, the CEV's decision to make this like a pay per only event and on YouTube make it $20 to watch was just incredible to me. Not only that, but you have to be a member to watch the highlights. How do we grow the game? How do we get a casual fan if they can't even watch the damn highlights? What are we doing? So bad. So badly mismanaged by the CEV. This is just boomerism at its friggin' finest. Like, what are we doing? It's so bad. It's you so want bad. Fart? That's going to cost you. Like, holy shit. Paywalling the highlights is one of the dumbest things in volleyball media history. I just cannot understand. Like you said, how, how on earth do we expect to grow the game? Do you, you expect a casual fan to pay whatever, like five bucks, whatever it is, to watch the highlights, to not even get to watch the match? And 20 bucks for the, fi- like, for the other matches? No. Then the other, the other thing is it's that... Not, it's not giving you anything more. No. They, you, can't, you can't even watch that. So the CUV also needs to just abandon Eurovolley TV because they, they've had Eurovolley TV, like their, their own over-the-top website for maybe like five years now. And they have still been pushing subscriptions towards it. But as far as what I heard, they didn't even show the finals on that platform. They took people's subscription money for Eurovolley TV and didn't give them the final. Then they made them pay for something else, which is a, a relatively very big amount of money on the YouTube membership, to watch the final only. That is, it, it's 
really, really badly managed by the CEV and how they handled their media for this event. It, it is not a good precedent to set. They, yeah. I, whatever they're doing, I hope it's worth it for them financially because they alienated a lot of fans by this. Bad, well, I think, very badly I think managed. A lot of it is that, like in Italy, they have a TV deal. Right in Poland, there's a yeah, TV yeah, yeah. Deal. There's there's TV deals for for all of these different things, but I, I I fully agree. I want to understand. There's a lot of people I've seen a lot of people in the Discord and in the chat talk about the geo locking. I wasn't really around for this game, so can some? Do you know what was happening with the no, geo locking? No, so I only know about in the U.S. You were able to watch it, like if, if you paid the money, which I did. Actually, when we yeah. were in when we were in West Virginia, Everett, we were t- I was trying to watch. I think it was the Slovenia Turkey bracket game. And uh, I wasn't having any luck with finding alternative ways to watch it. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just pay the 10 bucks. Cause in, in the States, it was 10 bucks for the, the top level membership. And that got me the rest of the tournament. And then I canceled it obviously. So I paid 10 bucks to watch like a week of all of your volley bracket. That's not terrible, but um, it, what so- would real, what would really piss me off is if I paid the 10 bucks and then I learned that it was ge- that, that the United States was geo blocked. Like that would, that would be criminal. So Whatever they're doing, however they're handling all of this, they need to do a significantly better job on making it clear, what are you paying for? Can you watch it in your country? Can you get all the games? And Are you just paying like some money to watch highlight reels only, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard? Figure it out. Get rid of Eurovolley TV. Get rid of it. But if you're going to charge people for it and not even stream the finals, and it's they're not terrible, going to, and it's right? even it's terrible quality, it's only 720p. It's the worst website I've ever seen. Get rid of it, streamline it, make sure people aren't throwing their money in the trash, and just increase the accessibility of one of the best volleyball tournaments in the world. I do not understand what we're doing here. I mean, but we know it's like we we have a, a look behind into how the CEV runs because Dan worked there. And, Dan, and I, I worked for him for two years. Yeah, I mean, a little, a little bit different though. When Dan was like in those board, like the stuff we heard from Dan was very oh, yeah. like that was that was very much when it was just kind of like, oh, this isn't getting better anytime soon. Like this is not, this is not going to be better for for volleyball for fans anytime soon because the goal of the CEV is is to make money, and they don't care how they do that they don't care that they're they're the the reality is that they're probably shelving so many millions of dollars by doing it in a proper way than by doing it this way um oh seriously yeah that that being said big ups to louis i always love listening to louis like he does a perfect mix of in my opinion of um fanfare about the game like some like he doesn't talk too much um and he just lets the play ride and he gives some great reactions. But his knowledge of the game and the players and how everything is going is always top. So always happy. I love the fact that we're starting to see um, more. Um, we're starting to see more Louis on Eurovolley. Like it was him for the women. It was yeah. him for the men. It was him for Beach. Let's get more Louis Lett in there. That's I, I need more Louis Lett in my life. Louis is great. He's such a good big moment commentator he really did he does a fantastic fantastic job in big moments so yeah i I can't speak to the geo blocking issue like the in in detail the way that people in the chat are but i'm really disappointed in just the way that the cev mentally approaches this tournament It, it should it should not be well you can think about it as a money maker if that's how you want to think about it fine you could make more money on this if you did a better job with it. Like, and you got advertisers and sponsors. Yes. 
have 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 actual broadcast sponsors run ads in the middle in between sets like you're there's why aren't you doing that there there's some you you could have so many eyeballs on on these games and you're missing the most basic opportunities to monetize your viewers instead instead you're putting up a barrier between the viewers and the game and these stupid paywalls for highlight videos Plus, the, the highlight videos are bad. Terrible. The, the Dream Team, as voted on by the fans two weeks after the fact, is one of the worst decisions you could make. Why two They're, weeks? Why two weeks? Like the, the Euro volume. Two, two weeks, we're going to be like knee deep in Olympic in qualifiers. Olympic qualifiers, yeah. You've the got soccer going on. You've got the NFL, like just. The recent. So the, women's, the women's Euro volley Dream Team just came out like yesterday. And it was voted on by the fans, and there's three opposites on the dream team. <laughs> they even they listed Magdalena Stisiak as an outside hitter, which she is not. Like it's it's so it's just so bad. It's it's so 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 bad. If if like for example, Everett, we we just did Norseka. We had zero sponsors, none, and we made money on that event because our broadcast was good. We put no barriers in front of between our product and the people. We're we're and, getting it. We haven't made money yet. We have, I mean, we have my expenses. I just looked at our YouTube because we now have over 200,000 views on the final, which is insane. Uh, uh, actually, Canada or USA versus Cuba just picked up in the last like in the last like, like, 12 hours. They just got bam, and we're doing like way more views now because of so it. But- like we are continuing to make money on that because we did a good broadcast. We were good at storytelling and we had no barriers to entry to watch the event. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that broadcast later. Watching the the Norseka final six oh, and just people in the comments, <laughs> just just being like, <laughs> "Why is it volleyball source doing this?" I'm just sitting there like, eh, "What? Awesome." <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, overall, like great Euro volley. Um, I'm a little sad because I didn't get to watch nearly as much of it than I would have liked. Just with Norseka's going on, and yeah. like, it's it's a little difficult when everything's going on at the same time like that, but. Um, it is what it is. Congratulations to Poland. You guys yep. are the best right now. CEV, figure out your shit. Figure it out. I mean, the thing is, is that if they hear this, which they probably won't, they're just going to be laughing like, oh, ha, ha, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And... <laughs> oh, if, uh, if if only you you boomers knew. If only you boomers could open up the, the flaps of your trench coat and see what's going on outside in the volleyball world. Actually, just real quick before we wrap this up, let's just head over to the CEV page on YouTube, Rob, and check out how many views these matches have. I mean, it, it can't be very many. There, there's there's no way. Where does it show? So let's see. Full match, Italy versus Poland, members only. Uh, doesn't even show how many views it had. Yeah, because it only it's not this on final on this final on YouTube only has 184 likes. Yeah, that's un- that's unacceptable. That's like that's like one of our shows now. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, like it was on TV and like it was viewed by millions in Poland and Italy, and right, Italy, right, and France, right. and and stuff like that. So I get it, but yeah, the the, the the putting up barriers to volleyball is just the worst thing you could do to this sport. Ridiculous. All right. Um, Speaking of liking the video, we only we have we only have twenty seven thumbs up on this episode right now, guys. We're not the CEV. Give us let's, some love here. Let's be better at that. Uh, also, if you want some gear like the one, the beautiful shirt that the crew neck Everett. Hey, you got your crew neck back? Yeah, freaking. I went to go pick up a canoe from my uncle's place, and my cousin walks in the house wearing my shirt. 
And she goes, oh, yeah, I've had it for months. And I was like, you couldn't tell me? Like, it's a volleyball shirt. You do gymnastics. She was just kind of like, meh. It's a good-looking shirt. It is It is a good-looking shirt. I'm glad to have it back. It's comfy. It looks way better than than all than all my uh, old, older ones too. So, yeah, uh, I'm happy to have it back. But head over head over to that volleyball.store, Use the code Spicy to get 15% off your entire purchase. Um, we got the nine by nine stuff. We got spicy volleyball stuff. We of course the nine by nine squared stuff. Uh, yeah, get it over and uh, check us out. And if you don't want to check us out, of course, like this video. Join us on the Discord if you want to join the biggest uh, community of volleyball nerds there is on the internet. All we do is talk about volleyball literally all the time. All types it's of awesome. volleyball from, from absolutely everywhere. Um, it's it's honestly hard to keep up. I've said it before, but I'll, I'll say it again. It's almost impossible to keep up with everything going on uh, in the Volleyball Source Discord. Uh, and then finally, Rob, let's get to our favorite moment. So, Rob, I'm a little disappointed. I did have to, r- have, have to run last one, but you never even showed me where where daddy was in last week's show <laughs> well so you're can about we start to, with that please you're about to find out so ladies and gentlemen welcome to our favorite segment this is where's daddy where i hide daddy stankovic our hero in one of our assets during the show and you all have to find where he is and when you find where he is you comment in the main youtube comment section after the show is over and if you're the first one to do that you get a shout out on the following week's show so last week we were talking about the the quarterfinals and if you see there poland after beating Serbia 3-1 to one in the quarterfinal of Eurovolley. You see up there, uh, the guy holding the green water bottle? Is, <laughs> Huber, Huber turned into... Uh, it is it is Norbert Huber. He turned into Daddy Stankovic. I thought that was, a, okay. honestly, a pretty good Photoshop job. The, the... That is pretty good. That that That's pretty solid right there. I, Thank I you. Thank you for that one. Thank you. So there's Daddy Stankovic. Uh, we had two people find him right away. Our friends Martin Johnson and Kenny McGraw found daddy immediately so nice. uh, good good job to those two thank thanks for playing the the where's daddy segment so in this episode daddy stankovic also will appear somewhere maybe he already showed up maybe he'll show up in the second half of the show as we talk about women's olympic qualifiers but when you find where daddy stankovic is you comment the timestamp of where he shows up on the main youtube comment section after the show is over and if you're the first one to find him you get a shout out next week so uh Keep your eye out for our, our hero, Daddy Stankovic. Um, also, big shout out to Kenny Diaper 64 for giving us a shout out for wearing suits in the, for the final of Norseekas. He did wear suits um, for the final. Yes. That was well received. That, wa- that was well received. I'm glad um, we did that. that. That was a cool touch. Yeah, it, it, it was nice. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on Like, if I had flown there, I don't think I would have. Maybe. Maybe it's something we have to do from now on, Rob St. Clair. Uh, but, you know, mm. I, I, did, I was gone for a long time, and the beginning of my travels leading up to West Virginia was a, was a, was a suit. There was a wedding, so I had a suit in my car, and I messaged Rob when I was in Quebec, and I was like, if you can, you should bring a suit because sure. I've got one. <laughs> and I know, I know you. I know you like wearing suits, and I've worn them for streams before. So it's like, if if we wear suits to the finals, I think that would be dope. It was dope. All right, let's let's move on, Everett, to some very very spicy and very current volleyball news. Because literally right now, literally right now, is there a game uh, going on right now? Is Poland is. Thailand started? Poland Thailand started about fifteen minutes ago. Okay. Um, that that is in Poland, the the furthest west of the three pools of women's Olympic qualifiers. So today is like they're just now finishing day four of the seven. So they have all of I guess it's Thursday off. Yeah, and then they off. get they get started again on Friday morning, which for, for us, 
for three for months. three three days in a row yeah and that's it'll be thursday night to those of us in north america but there's a lot to catch up on um all, the the pool that is by far the most interesting and i'm sure everett's excited to talk about this is group a Group A is ridiculously dramatic, and it got even more dramatic this morning, Everett. We have to start we with do. Canada beating China. The Let's upset, go! Let's go! The, Let's go! Should have been in four. So Should have been in four. Um, we had the lead up at, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm did you still... Get, did you get up in the, this morning and watch this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was up. I, I, watched, awesome. I watched all the sets. Um, I did fall asleep a little bit after the second because Canada got absolutely slapped in the <laughs> second. Um, and I was kind of like, Oh, this is going to go bad. This is going to go poorly. But then I woke up after maybe 10, 15 minutes um, and saw that we were leading in the third. So I was like, Hey, let's just, let's just watch this. And Hey, we battled, we battled. It was, I was talking with uh, Matt Kruger, the, one of the assistant coaches for for the team afterwards, and he was just like, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. It was ugly. That was oh, yeah. no way to describe it but being an ugly game. But Canada just defeated China in three. Hell, we went down. We were up 13-11 in the fifth. We went down 14-13, and then we brought it back. Yikes. To win 17-15. So that was absolutely huge. It's a huge win for Canada. Now, when you look at the standings on here it looks ugly for canada we're sitting there in four and fifth place we have two wins only five points i don't really know how oh yeah okay we won two and three and then lost another one in in so you, you, won, you, you just won a bunch of five setters and we we'll, won two five setters and lost one in five so that's how, that's correct how yeah. however all of those other teams ahead of us serbia Ser- first of all serbia's already locked up this pool Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Serb- Serbia is already already on. They've got they've won four wins. It's over. They could play the bench, and it doesn't matter. But I really hope they don't. Netherlands, China, Dominican Republic all have to play each other. That's right, right. and they all have to play Serbia. Canada's only played Serbia, Netherlands, China, Dominican Republic so far, and then the, over the weekend they're going to play Czech, Mexico, and Ukraine. So this is going to be a really, really, really tight race um for 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 all of these teams there's been a few upsets dominican republic lost to the czech republic yes five, they did which is a big big one now if canada had been able to pull off the win over the over the dominican and put us at three and one right now we would be sitting in that second spot but instead it's serbia and then everyone else canada did beat the dutch that was absolutely huge that was huge now they beat china lost to the dominican and so this this pool is it's Serbia and then the next four teams and it could be honestly any one of them. It's this is an absolutely insane pool, by far the most fun pool of the three. And uh, before we talk about the the Canada versus China match, because this this stat sheet is absolutely ridiculous, I want to make it clear: Canada absolutely has a chance to finish second in this huge. pool. A huge, Ab- a huge chance. Absolutely. So, and and so, like Everett said, Canada ha- already has their four most difficult matches out of the way. They've already played all four of those top teams. They beat two of them. They they lost the Dominican Republic in five, and they got three dong by Serbia. What Canada we needs to do? Full three points. Canada needs nine points the rest of the way. Nine points finish with fourteen. Right. Canada needs nine points the rest of the way. They need to beat the Czech Republic. They need to beat Mexico. They need to beat Ukraine. I think all of those things are very reasonable to expect. Agreed. What else? What else do you need? Is you need Serbia to go seven and zero? Yes, we need Serbia Serbia to be seven and zero and to to not like not even go to five. 
Yeah. Right? Just slap teams up and down silly. Get all your revenge out. Get all your frustration out from VNL and just go to town on these teams. The Netherlands, yeah, they got a bronze medal at Eurovolley. Shove it down their throats. Yep. China thinks they're good. At home, no, they just lost to Canada. Shove it down their throats. Dominican Republic lost to Czech Republic. Easy money. Get rid of it, right? <laughs> That's what we yeah. need from, from Serbia right now. Um, yep. and so you, you need and- Serbia to give all of those teams, Netherlands, China, and Dominican Republic, you need Serbia to hand them all their second losses. Yeah. So then, then Canada will be tied in the win-loss column. At that point, it would come down to points. Canada is not in a good position with points right now because of all the five setters. But so not only do Netherlands, China, and Dominican Republic have to play Serbia, they also have to play each other. Each other. So that's what I want: straight three zero losses to Serbia, and yep. then just five setters the rest beat up, of the way. Beat up beat each on other each other. Up. Beat yeah. each other up. Exactly. That's that's ex- that's exactly what I want to see. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, China still has three matches. Netherlands still has three matches. Both of them need to get more than five points. Dominican still has three matches. There's, they're even, even them. They're only six points away. They're, they're two so points away. All, so. all four of those teams, the, those top four teams in the pool right now. From here on out, it's a pool of four between them. They, they all play each other only the rest of the way. Each of them have three matches left. Each of them are against the top. Their other top four teams in this pool, and Canada. All they have to do is take care of business against the bad teams in this pool. Hope that Serbia goes seven and zero, and it is very possible. It is very possible that Canada Canada ends up finishing second in this pool, which is insane. It's insane that that's possible. But even if that doesn't happen, the win over China is going to do huge, huge things for Canada in the world ranking. Is that I, already updated? Let's see. I checked about twenty five minutes ago. I'm. It wasn't updated. It's up. Then. 8.9 points. Oh, 8. okay. 9 points for, for Kruger Canada. Kruger was telling me he thought it was going to be 8.3. Imagine, 8. imagine if we had been able to beat them in 4-2. Because we were like we were leading like at the end of the like in the in the fourth set late. So if we had been able to beat um them in four, that would have been way more. But that is a huge jump huge. there for, for, for Team Canada. Um yeah, absolutely massive. Um the rest of the pools, though, Rob, this is the one interesting pool. For sure. Right? And the while, other, while, while we're on this pool, I want to talk about some of the matches in particular. Because they're, really, the other two pools, I don't think there are any matches to talk about. I want to talk about this Canada-China match a little bit more. Okay, yeah, let's, 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 let's jump into it. You so know. I, I, I was looking at the stat sheet because I, I woke up this morning. I saw a clip immediately that Canada won, which, which blew me away with Emily Maglio blocking a pipe ball late in the fifth Mad. set. This Ooh. so this stat sheet is ridiculous, and I, I looked at it. I'm like, how on earth did Canada win this game? How did Canada win this game, bro? They, I watched it. I still don't know. I watched <laughs> the game. I still don't know how we won. Okay, I'm, I'm going to was... put this stat sheet in the chat right now. You guys need to take a look at this. This is insane. China, ten aces to only six service errors. China had 19 blocks and lost the match. You had 10 aces and 19 blocks and didn't win the match. Canada, three aces to 11 service errors. Got, I mean, they got blocked 19 times. They got aced 10 times. Their passing numbers were okay at best. They did hit 40, they hit 28% efficiency as a team. MVP by far. By far. 
Emily Maglio, 10 for 17, no errors, nine stuff blocks, including the match winner. That is Bro, absolutely I've been, ridiculous. I've been shouting this from the rooftops for a while now. Em- Emily Maglio is the most underrated middle in the world. Preach Un- it. Uh, underrated. Underrated. I'm not saying she's she's the best. I think she's in the top 10. But she's the most underrated middle in the world. She's a little bit undersized. But nine blocks in a match like this, finishing off the match was was absolutely uh, humongous. Um, just just huge. It, it, uh, I, I can't understand enough how big she is to this team. Of course, Alexa Gray had 52 attempts. She was 23 for 52, 21% efficiency. Kira Van Rijk, 26 for 57, a 28% efficiency. Those two are carrying the load uh, fully heavily, but those Emily numbers Mag- aren't bad either. They're like not it. terrible. They're they're not terrible, right? And I think that's one of the hardest things about playing against China is that they're so consistent. Oh yeah, they they're so good on defense. Everyone is good, and Li Yingying is. She made some shots during this game where she's coming across with her left hand OT perfectly into the back corner that you're just like, you can't defend those. Those those are absolutely perfect. You know, it's like a Steph Curry fadeaway three. Like, it's just like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but truly, Rob, I still don't know how we won this game. <laughs> um, mostly because, like, the stats are a little bit uh, skewing because, like, the the set, especially that second set when China absolutely dominated, that's where they, they kind of stat padded a little bit. Um, but it was it was chaos. And that's the one thing that I would like to see um, from from Team Canada and the women is take that next left the next step up so that it's not always chaos. Right? right. Every time we win a big game, it's always chaotic. Now I am going to hundred percent put that on um, in, in a good way on Shannon Windsor and the Canadian coaching staff because I once upon a time coached a, a men's college team here in Canada, the George Brown Huskies. They were like the third year, second or third year in existence, brand new team. And we were ranked mid all the way up to being ranked nationally. And now every team that you played against that we beat that year would have told you, oh, we just played bad against George Brown. But it's because we game plan the shit out of those games and we made them crumble in areas that weren't the obvious ones, right? That is what's happening with Team Canada right now. They are game planning so well. And you can tell, too, that when they have those times out, like whether it's it's Shannon Wins or, or Matt Krug or, or uh, Vincenzo, like they're giving very specific tactical um, tactical uh, responses and and uh, and you know advice and stuff like that, as opposed to just being like a whole rah rah. Let's like LFG. Let's go. Um, vamo, vamo, vamo. Um, yeah, vamo, 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 vamo. <laughs> so Jesus. you can tell that they are game planning so hard, and that's what the athletes are executing on. But I would just like it to be a little bit cleaner, so that it wouldn't just kill my heart for (laughs) canada is the canada is so chaotic i mean they can't stop can't stop playing five setters i mean that's however still that they they had the hardest schedule draw you could have asked for they played the the toughest four teams first they Mm -hmm. and they beat two of them both of them in five and yeah man what, what could have been if they had Ended up winning that Dominican Republic game, uh, which I, I watched. I watched all of that game and was bummed that they couldn't get it done in the fifth set. But yeah, the, uh, this Canadian women's team is getting so experienced at winning through chaos 
that when they get into a weird like slugfest fifth set, I feel I'm feeling more and more confident that they're just going to figure it out because they keep on doing it. But you also can't like in that first set, they were down 21, 18, right? Like you can't, you can't count them out, right? Whenever it looks like the, the other team is going to start running away. Well, it's, it's, I find with those, this women's team, it's, it's very on a thin line, Double edged either, <laughs> either they're going to go and, and push back and take a run at you, or they're just going to completely crumble and fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, they this Canadian women's team has a tendency to give up a lot of runs midway through sets and then have to make a miracle push at the end to try and figure it out and rescue it. And sometimes they do that. And when they do, it's pretty electric. But yeah, it would be nice to see them play from a leading position a little bit more, especially for your blood pressure, Everett, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, I mean, to wrap up this pool, it, it is legitimately, it is it is possible for Canada to finish second and get a bit. It's possible. I wouldn't it say is. it's I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's possible. No, I would agree. I would agree that it's not likely. Um, let's just I just want to go through like who's playing who over the next so, little bit. I put it in our show notes, Everett. Uh, so oh, the, the the next really? day the next day that we have on I guess it's Friday in China. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday night in North America, Serbia versus Dominican Republic, and then China versus Netherlands. Uh, the next day, which is Saturday, Serbia versus the Netherlands and China versus Dominican Republic. And then the last day on Sunday, Dominican Republic versus Netherlands and China versus Serbia. So China versus Serbia could be a banger. There could be a lot on the line at that point. Or Serbia could already have it locked up. And, and it, if that's the case, that would be bad for, for Canada. If Serbia is is 6-0 and and they, they can play the bench and and still get a bid, that's, a, that's bad news for Canada. Oh, but you got to keep a very close eye on all six of those games. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those top four teams all playing each other in a pretty much just a single round robin. Cut the pool in half. Canada's got to go undefeated the rest of the way, but this is by far, by far the most interesting pool. And Canada being good has is what has made it so interesting. Also, real quick, Rob, uh, Thailand just won the first set against Poland. I did just see that. 25-18. In Poland. Ooh. Figure it out, Poland. Figure it out, Poland. Don't be don't be the one out here that loses to Thailand. Don't make me look like a fool by calling Thailand a joke. Like let's 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 get it together here. <laughs> All right, Rob. Let's just let's jump into some of the other pools here. We've done yep. Pool A. Looks good. Heading over to Pool B. The the other two pools. There's really no drama. Pool none. B. You have you have none yet. There's going to be a little Correct. bit in, in Pool B. Japan, Turkey, Brazil, all four and zero. Brazil did have to go to five. Who did they go to five with? Bulgaria. That Bulgaria. was a little weird. Okay. Brazil. <laughs> That'll be a story we're gonna have yeah. to follow there. I don't um, know about that one. <laughs> I mean, the reality to, to me is it's it's gonna come down to um, this weekend for for this pool. Um, these the, the three top teams: Japan, Turkey, Brazil. I I think I'm sticking with I I picked Turkey and Japan from this pool. I'm still sticking with Turkey and Japan. I think Japan's gonna beat Brazil. Um, and when do they when do they play them? Sunday. That, that's the last day. So yeah, Brazil Brazil versus Turkey is Friday. Japan versus Turkey is Saturday, and Japan versus Brazil is Sunday. And those are obviously those are the three most important matches in this pool. I mean, you could you would pick Turkey to go undefeated. They should be favored against both those teams. So I do think that they're going to get a bid, no problem. But I've still got Brazil to steal one against Japan in the last match. I'm going to stand by that pick. All right, I guess we'll see. Japan. I mean, here's here's another thing, Everett. 
All right, hit me, hit me, hit me. The, the Olympic qualifiers, we've been talking about the process. Remember, there is guaranteed to be one team per continent. So we're going to have a terrible African team that's oh, absolutely. Been, that steals a bid. But let's say Brazil loses to Japan and Brazil fails to get a bid. Oh, I see where you're going with this. See where I'm going with this? I see. Where, but right now, Brazil's ranked high enough that they're going to get right. ranked. They're, so, like, they're ranked fourth and they're not even, falling. Right. As long as Brazil doesn't drop below like Argentina or Colombia, which there is literally no way that they do, Brazil is going to qualify. Even if they're not like in, even in the top 10, they're going to be the highest ranked team in South America. And therefore, they're going to get a bid. Like it, it's it's a foregone conclusion. Argentina yeah. or Colombia are not going to catch them in the world ranking. No. And so, even if Brazil doesn't beat Japan here, they're going to be the highest ranked team in South America. They're going to get a bid. Yes. Does that mean that Brazil will take their foot off the gas? Because Japan has more to play for. Japan doesn't have that same luxury because they also have China in their zone who is good and might get a bid. But, and if China doesn't get a bid, I think China is ranked above Japan right now. At least they I should believe be. China's ranked sixth. And Japan is eighth. So Japan actually has way more to play for in this pool because they, they don't want to be caught in that, that rankings race with, I mean, right now it's Japan eight, Netherlands nine, Dominican Republic 10, Canada 11. If, if things yeah. go as it will right now, it's going to be those four teams fighting for three bids next year. The best chance by far for Japan is if they qualify right now. Yeah, so, and, and I, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to beat Brazil. I, I, very possible. Very possible. I and mean, we, we saw them play in uh, all-time classic last year. And Brazil is a little bit undermanned compared to what happened in that match. So, And I, uh, I thought, and I remember talking about it, Rob, I thought Japan should have won that match. Like I, I was, I thought Japan should have won that match. I was on Team Japan that one. I still think Japan's. I think Japan's going to beat Brazil here. I think they've been fantastic. They haven't lost a set yet. Um, that's a team that doesn't take off points. You know, like you, yeah, you they, really need to, you need to beat Japan. If, Japan if does play. not play down. They nope. never play down, both on the men's and the women's side. Meanwhile, Brazil loses two sets to Bulgaria. Uh, Belgium, by the way, I mean they're they're going to be a non-factor as far as qualification goes. But they lost yeah. in four to Puerto Rico. <laughs> What's up with that? Like they straight up got beat by Puerto Stephanie Rico. Abercrombie, baby, let's go. Very strange, uh, but yeah, that that's that's the situation in Group B. Way less drama. It's going to come down to those top three teams for two bits, and uh, that's going to be electric. Like those, yeah. those are going to be sick matches, especially Japan versus Brazil Sunday, probably at a terrible time. Yeah, six thirty a.m. Eastern. That's rough. Mm. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pools with no drama, let's talk about Pool C. Uh, my United States are in Pool C. Um, it's kind of the same situation. Actually, it's even more lopsided. Look at that. Italy, the United States, Poland, and Germany all undefeated. Poland is playing Thailand right now. Germany plays later this afternoon against Slovenia. Mm-hmm. However, Germany lost two sets to Korea. So that's not acceptable. You can't be doing that. Yeah, but the USA lost a set to Korea too. Lost one set to Korea. Also, Yeah, but Ger- Germany's down here. USA is up here, right? So if US... if if USA is losing a set, it's reasonable to accept Germany losing two. I agree. I, I don't like losing sets to Korea. I think that's embarrassing. But again, as assuming that Poland figures it out after dropping, oh my god, uh, it's thirteen to three. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so I believe. Assuming if Poland figures God, it out. That, 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 that timing was incredible. Poland, Poland, <laughs> lost, Poland lost a set to Thailand, and now they, they woke up there up in the second 13 to 3 as we speak. So, okay, good. Good to see. It's good to see. Poland, it looks like they'll figure it out and beat Thailand. This is going to be the same thing. Um, it's actually it's actually the same thing as Pool A, where those top four teams are going to play each other from here on out because they haven't played each other at all yet. Uh, Germany, I would definitely pick to finish fourth. If Germany is able to beat any of those top three teams without Hannah Orkman, I would be really surprised. And now is, is when we're going to see just how much of a stooge is Davide Mazzanti really. Because again, Italy has gotten away with their bad roster choices so far. Uh, because they've played the four worst teams in this pool. But when it comes down to it, Italy, United States, and Poland, in my opinion, are going to be fighting for two bids. And yep. like you and I, Everett, both picked Italy to be the one that misses out last yes. week. I'm curious to see if that holds up, because uh, this this pool is going to be pretty spicy. The matches are actually at times when we can watch them, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, Italy versus U.S., 2.45 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Poland versus U.S., 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Poland versus Italy, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Like, those are North American-friendly times. So, like, I'm going to be locked into all three of those games. I'm I'm a little bit higher on Italy than I was a week ago. For, okay. For a few reasons. First and foremost, Antropova looks phenomenal. It does look um, good. Yesterday against Thailand, she was uh, 25 for 44. Only one error. She got four blocks in thirty-four is that, points. Is that inferior competition, though? Well, it is, but like, are, are those stats inflated because of inferior competition? Thailand is Thailand is still a VNL team, right? Like Thailand, like, right. you know, like they're still they're better than like Colombia and stuff like that. That's but true. Secondary is that against Colombia, Mazanti's playing Nwakalor and the bench, so they have they, they have that ability, they have that depth to. Kind of stick with it. I'm not entirely sure if Poland's doing that. Let's let's see who did Poland play yesterday. They played Colombia. Who Poland's, did they play? Poland's played all the bad teams as well. Yeah. So like, but still, when when they're playing Colombia, they have Voloj out there. They have Stiziak out there. They have Kornaluk. Like they have Rosansky. Like they have. Okay, I, I'm I'm a little surprised by that. Right. Me me as me as surprised well. By that. Me me as well. So in this this tournament. It really only comes down. It comes down to one or two games for all for for the three top teams, right? It's going right. to come down to the games against in, against the other top teams. But you know, Germany is right there and can can take a match off anyone. This one could get spicy over the weekend. It could, and Italy Italy is going to be an interesting one to watch. I, I think they are the linchpin of this. They uh, are of this uh, uh, of this pool. Oh. I think USA is still going to take it because it's not a final situation so they don't feel that pressure so you know it's still pool play for for them so they're going to be able to be fun also germany like compared to pool b where belgium is the fourth place team germany is way better than belgium way better and like it's not impossible for germany to punch above their weight class and randomly steal a match from one of those top teams and really throw a wrench into this thing every like i was just thinking just now after looking at Poland and noticing that they played the starters against Colombia, there's yeah. kind of two schools of thought. And we actually even saw this at Norseca. Remember when Cuba was playing, I think it was, it must've been the quarterfinal against Mexico. Yeah. And we, we were thinking like, all right, what's Cuba going to do? Are they going to, are they going to start the bench and see how it goes for a set? 
and like and hopefully try and win the match with the bench or are they going to play the starters and get out of there like get play the starters get it done and get out and go home hour in a shower or are they going to do a hybrid, hybrid where you where and i actually like this one the most where you start the starters you yeah. let them play you get them let them get a little lubed up you know you keep them in action you keep the rust off and then you pull them out that's right. kind of what I mean, the United States did, like what the U.S. Especially men did with that Matt, tournament, especially with Matt Anderson, right? right? Like he, and the Cuban men, playing. the Cuban yeah. men did that a little bit as well. So, like, I'm, I'm, I was thinking that that same thing from the Polish perspective. If you're playing Colombia at home, Colombia is garbage, right? Terrible. Now, maybe playing at home gives gives a bit of a, a, a different factor to this. But like, what's your strategy there? Do you roll out the bench to start the match and? Like, see how they do, hope that they can get it done? Or do you just play the starters and just, like, get out of there as fast as you can and try and, like, have as little wear and tear on the starters as possible because the match is so fast? The, if you start the bench, there's the risk that the bench plays badly. You have to then bring the starters in cold, and that's probably going to go worse for them than if, you, than if you do it the other way, where if you start the starters, then if, if they're cruising, then you bring in the bench. It's a very interesting thing to follow with all these coaches and it seems like uh why can i never remember the polish coach's name i can picture him yeah, lavarini lavarini so, yes yeah, it seems like lavarini is going with the method of playing the starters as much as possible against against the bad teams you just get it done get it done get it over with get through it they're they're about to have uh they're about to have a day off and then play their three hardest matches i'm curious to see if they run out of gas like that's that's going to be a thing to watch yeah, I, I I fully agree. Like, I think it's going to be very interesting heading into the, this weekend. This is where, like, heading into these last three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this is where things start to happen. This is it. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think Pool C is very interesting compared to the rest of them, especially with Germany. Like, none of those top teams having lost a match yet. Oh, things are things things are looking very interesting. <laughs> uh, Poland, Thailand, score check. It is twenty-two to six. There we go. That's that is that's better. That is that's literally better. yeah. That's a lot more as as what we were expecting. That's better. Okay, so Poland, take care of business. Uh, take care of business. Get three points. Get out of there. Take your day off and set up for the showdowns. It, I, the timing of our show today, at Everett, actually is really good because really perfect, we, yeah. we've got showdowns. Like those last three days in in every pool is going to be the best volleyball. And mm-hmm. when, whenever we come back next week, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it ends up being, that's uh, that's when we're going to have the most to talk about in terms of individual matches. So I'm really excited to set up these the, the weekends of these pools. Like this is when it gets serious, and this is when like this is when Olympic dreams are made or broken. Like straight up, yeah. Especially for those fringe teams. Like if you're a exactly. team like Germany, you need to win, right? right. You, you need to win. This even is it. Pol- even Poland. Like where's Poland in the rankings right now? I think okay, they're, they're seventh, and they're Pol- Poland's in a good spot. Uh, they're not they're not safe. They're certainly not guaranteed. Like this pool is still their best chance to qualify, I'd say, um, because like Italy has less pressure. Italy's thirty points ahead of them. Italy can like, I mean, they they picked a terrible roster for this event. If if Italy doesn't get a bid this event, they'll still be fine when it comes to next summer. But um, Poland should should feel a little bit of pressure to get it done now i think 
Yeah, I, I would I would fully agree, especially being at home as well too, right? right like, right. just if you're at home, you're in front of your own fans. Just get just get it done. Um, and keep an eye on the United States. I still don't have the best feeling about my girls. I mean, we we've we've lost two sets so far. I think we lost one to Korea and one to Slovenia. Like, yes. is that are those red flags? No, we're, we're we're getting a lot of people in. I still don't love the inability of the left side position to terminate. I still think we're leaning on Jordan Thompson really hard. I'm still a little bit shaky. I'm, I, I really hope that we get a bid through this pool. Because if we don't, there's going to be alarm bells going off. I, I, I'm still not he, super convinced. Even in that uh, win over against Slovenia, like Thompson wasn't great. She was 4 for 11 and got subbed off. Yeah, not good. So that's that's not good. But Annie Drews was pretty fantastic coming in. She was eleven for twenty three. Uh, finished the finished the day with twelve points and two and a half sets work. So that's good. That 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 is good. Um, but yeah, Rob, you're not wrong. That left side position is a little bit of an issue. A little a little bit of an issue right now. I'm for, a for little bit spooked. Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little who bit. who did they start here? I mean, Plummer came in a little bit later. One of the big things, and like other than Kelsey Robinson, the outside passing for Team USA has been pretty atrocious. Yep. Has been pretty atrocious. Yep. I go back to the conversation we had, I whether it was a year or a year or a year or two years ago. There was a time when Alexa Gray, so Alexa Gray is actually a dual citizen. Her sister plays rugby for the USA. There was a time when she was in the Team USA gym and flat out asked Karch if she was good enough to make Team USA. And Karch said he didn't have room for her. So she went to go play for Team Canada. Do you think, is that is that something that Karch looks down to Canada and it was just like, it would be really <laughs> nice to have, it would be really nice to have Alexa Gray and Kelsey Robinson out, right out there so we had an outlet on the left side. And the first time, the last time I asked you about this, you pushed back, you called me stupid, I understand why, but now I think you might be feeling a little bit differently. Oh, uh, definitely. I think, we, I think Alexa Gray would be very useful to just about any team in the world. She's one of the only outside hitters that off the top of my head, that can actually terminate. There aren't her, her and Gabi, her Gabi and Brit Herbots, and then yep. uh, Arena Fedorovtseva, who's Russian, isn't playing national team right now. Like that, aren't very many score first left sides in the game right now. And uh, if you have one, hold on to them for dear life. Uh, Steven in the chat, I assume that you're American saying this. Uh, I also don't like how our bench gets put in to clean up and they lose sets. I agree. I agree. Cart's just trying Cart's just trying to play the game there and he's trying like, okay, great, we're up by five or six. Uh try, try and conserve the fuel of the starters and you put the bench in and then they lose. That that's bad. That 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 can't happen. Steven, did we meet you in Ottawa? Are are you the Steven that we met that we met in Ottawa? Confirm yes or no. Um Mehmet though, how come Karabayama is not playing? Great She's question. Not, like that was it was funny because I like brought her up in my the one interview I did with Karch uh right before Norseka's or he dodged that subject he, in a big he, way. Oh, he was like, Oh no, no, we're gonna matrix out of this. And she he just kept kept kind of kept on going. I was hoping we could get into it a little bit. He didn't want to, but that is one of the big that's probably the only big glaring omission, I think, for Team USA at this point. No. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, they, they chose to bring five outsides and three middles to this tournament. And the, the fact that Karabayama, who 
won a Champions League as a starter this year isn't in your top five outside hitters yeah. is a head scratcher to me. <laughs> That's a massive head scratcher. And I like Avery Skinner. I, I, I mm. do like her a lot, but Karabayama won a Champions League as a starter this year. Like, are we, we sure about that one? Yeah, that that one. There, mu- I wonder if there's something kind of behind the scenes. Maybe it's attitude. You know, maybe there's some discussions there that you know didn't go so great. Because that's you know, that's a that's a very big one. Even I'm not a hundred percent sold on Ali Franti either. Being like a number one left side. Well, she hasn't been starting very much. I think she's better when she is a starter. Uh, she's not very good at coming off the bench. Because she comes in cold. She usually makes a lot of hitting errors. Uh, I think she's the sort of player that if you want to get the most out of her, you start her for like a mm-hmm. set and a half. And then if she's not good, you you pull her. But if she is good, she can care. She can when she's good, maybe like 40 percent of the time she can carry you to matches like legit when when, when she's on. So uh, if that's how you want to use her, if, if you do want to use her, I think that might be the way. Yeah, but it, it is very interesting when you look at the American roster and you look at their stat sheets, there's no team in the world getting in as many players as team USA. Right. And maybe uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if, I mean, it's, it, it hasn't come back to bite us. I mean, we, st- we have 12 points that that's all that really matters. If we lose a set here and there, it doesn't matter as long as the, as long as we stay at 12 points. Uh, I'm curious to see how we handle Poland and Italy. Yes. Even, even Germany, uh, like even, even Germany, you can't take a, you can't take a game off against Germany. And if you no, can lose, against, not. if you can lose against the Dominican Republic, you can lose against Germany. That's right. So, uh, the U S in order plays Italy, then Poland, then Germany last, which is, which is interesting. So, uh, that actually is kind of, kind of a good schedule. If kind if, of best, kind of best case. Scenario. Yeah. I think that, I think that's because if, if they take, if they take care of business against, uh, Poland and Italy, then it's game over. It's, it's over. Yeah. And then you can start Rob for, uh, for all we care. And you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Throw me in there. That's what, that's what the people want to see. Throw you in the middle. Let's yeah. go. No, I, 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 I refuse. I, I respectfully decline. So I think that's it. I think that's it for women's Olympic qualifiers. Um, I, th- I hope that we set the stage well enough for how spicy this weekend is going to be because it's going to be electric. And I assume that the format is basically the same for the men where like the, the top seeded teams are going to play the, the bottom seeded teams in those first like two blocks of two matches. And then those last three matches, at the very, very end of the tournament are going to be the best. So I think it sets up really nicely to, to produce some drama. Um, I'm hoping that the matches deliver hoping that I can actually watch a couple of them that are in North American friendly time zones. And uh, I hope that Canada can pull off a miracle for you, Everett. I really do too. I think it would be amazing. Uh, I know how much that program has gone through and how, how many like trials and tribulations it's been over the years. So I would really love to see the women kind of be able to, because it, it has such bigger impacts. Like the minute, if they were to qualify for, um for the olympics this weekend their funding here in canada like doubles yeah right it goes way up and it's just it really is a testament i think to how much work that program has put in over a number of years because like remember like five six years ago this was a a group three team in the world grand prix right they're down there with like australia and and stuff so the way that the amount this team has progressed over the years is is absolutely phenomenal so if we were able to somehow sneak in grab ourselves an olympic spot um 
it, it would just be massive for women's volleyball in this country. So it I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping for it. You know, I'm going to be watching uh, with a tight eye over the over the weekend. And you all can follow along with it, and uh, you can probably watch firsthand Everett freak out over in the Volleyball Source Discord. So make sure you join that. That is where all the action is going down for, for women's Olympic qualifiers. These days, Rob, when Canada is playing, I can't be in the Discord. Because <laughs> when Canada is playing, if I'm in the Discord, I become target number one, and I can't handle it. <laughs> there has been times when I've been watching games. Like during VNL, there's times when I was watching Canada play, and Sam would like, like take off discord from my computer or my phone because it was just too much stress and i become a target to all you trolls out there um who all pretend to be ronnie and this so is, yeah this is this is the position that we live in everett just this kind is of, this is like uh, I, brought it up, I brought it upon myself and i'm not complaining about it absolutely not but sometimes when <laughs> a little emotional and there's some things on the line for me and my country i pull myself out of those scenarios as to not get a snippy in the chat let's say <laughs> so it's very big of you very big of you to do that so join the volleyball first discord everyone uh it's going to be a great weekend for women's volleyball i'm excited about it we'll be back on the nine by nine next week to uh congratulate the six teams that do get olympic bids and then next week we'll preview the men's olympic qualifier because it starts uh starts on the 30th right so yeah. we've got uh, about a week and a half until until that and goes down awesome. it'll be fun all right, Rob, there is one more event left here to chat about currently going on. Are we going to talk um, about this... Final Six? Might as well. well. Just briefly. Just briefly, we're going to chat Ugh. about the Norseka Final Six. I doubt, you even have a, I doubt you even have an asset for it. Um, no, I don't. It, oh, as someone said yesterday, or maybe in the, the Discord, uh, that this is a C-team event, and you're very much right. This, this, this is a C-team event, except for the USA. So, like, when I look at these rosters, like, Dominican sent a different team than they did to, like, you've got some of the same guys, like Ortiz is there, one of our favorites. Our, our, our boy uh, um, Almonte as well, Bisman Almonte, is, is still doing a, ser a serving sub. Puerto Rico has the same team, but we've already know that that's kind of a B-team. Um, they're missing a few of their other, their other, their other guys. Mexico, it's most of the same team, but once again, we know it's a B team. Canada, it's a C team technically because it's the B team without any of the professional players. Uh, but the USA, the USA, Rob, went with a very interesting, um, a very, very interesting roster. And you've got a whole plethora of professionals. Pat Gasman, Mike Marshman, um, Jordan Ewart. Jalen Penrose from out of nowhere, 30 years one. old, 29 years old, playing with like, you know, like Rowan and, and Champlin. These kids are still at UCLA. Um, Matt Niggy, who the commentator was calling Nige, and we'll talk about Nige, that. Story. That was rough. That, that was rough. I was cringing every time I heard it. But yeah, I watched what? about two watched about two sets of their match yesterday versus the Dominican Republic. I turned it off because the match wasn't good because the, the the production was bad and the commentator saying Nige it just I just couldn't handle it anymore. But why is the USA out here taking guys away from their pro contracts to play an absolutely nothing C team tournament? Yeah, I don't know why about isn't that. Jordan Ewer, why isn't Jordan Ewer with St. Nazaire, right? Why, why aren't any of those guys with their pro teams? If you're with a pro team, don't be in Edmonton right now. Go play pro. Yeah. Yeah, the level is the level that you're going to play this week is way lower than what you'd be doing over in Europe for your club team. I, I don't really understand this. If you're going to go young, go young. If you're going to bring Andrew Rowan, who's 18, 19, whatever he is, go young. Lean into it. 
I agree. Where's Jacob Pasteur? Where's right? Like, like there's so many different guys who are so good in the NCAA and could be out there, right? Like, like every single guy on the Canadian team roster is a U sports guy, right? Right. And as as they should be as, as they should be. Yeah. For the U S like it's, it's some of the similar guys that went to the Pan Am cup down in, was it Mexico where where we lost to Canada? the like similar group to that that i understand because that was in august like that was that was before anybody was going back to europe or at the very 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 beginning now it is late september let these guys go marshman and gasman need to go to chaumont they need to go over there and start playing with joe worsley jordan ewart needs to go to san nazaire Jalen Penrose needs to go back to the Japanese B League or wherever it is that he's playing. Like, if, if these guys are Matt Niggy needs to go to Lundberg. Like, these guys but, need to be going over there now. And but that's like another thing too, like where is like who's picking these teams for the USA? And where is the someone being like, hey guys, Jalen Penrose isn't it? He's a good player. He's a decent player, kind of. He's playing in the NBA uh, right now, like not even playing over overseas, but. He's 29 years old. Is he going to make an impact on the national team in the years to come? Absolutely not. Is he someone who's going to play in Paris? No. Is he someone who's going to be playing in LA? No. No. So why is he there? What's like, what's like, where, where is the organization from the USAV for this from USA volleyball? I don't understand that at all. I, I really don't understand that at all. I, I wish we would have done what, what Canada did and either send like that, that, that U19 team that, one that like took fourth at U19 Worlds. Great. Let's send, send them 100%. Them. Send, send them. them. Or or like a U21 like a, a all NCAA kids. Like Mason Briggs is there. That that makes sense. Champlin, Rowan, that makes sense. Like Bryce Dvorak is is their second setter. He's uh I don't know if if he has another year at Pepperdine or not, but regardless like that makes sense. Go young. Go young. The, like the only point of this stupid final six round robin tournament, which is the dumbest tournament in the entire calendar, in my opinion, both the format, the significance and where it is in the calendar in late September. The only thing that you could get out of that is give spots to guys who actually might contribute for the USA next quad. Most of their starting lineup in for this event in Edmonton, it's, it's a fact they will not contribute next quad. I don't understand what they're doing with this. I really don't understand. None whatsoever. Uh, that being said about this tournament, Rob, I do think that we're going to see uh, a USA-Canada final. So the way this tournament yeah. works is that there's six teams. It's five. It's round robin, so you're going to play five games in the round robin. Um, one plays two, two play, three plays four, five plays six. Yep. That's all it is. I'm expecting other there's some big upsets, which now with the teams that some of these these with the, the athletes, some of these teams have spent the only team I could really see up either of these teams would be Mexico. I right? agree. Mexico pulled off a, a good reverse sweep yesterday um, against, against Cuba. They went down. Oh, two came back and won it. Lopez and back were, were, were both fantastic. That's the only team that I seeing have enough, see having enough uh, experience to beat either of these teams. But like Dominican, it's a, completely different team they even have different jerseys which are way uglier than the they other are significantly worse way way that. worse notice that so too dominicans is a, is a different team puerto rico is a lesser team uh like no Kevin we've Rutgers. we've we've talked about this tournament too much already we, we we've talked about this tournament too much i'm not going to watch the rest of it except probably the gold medal match i might watch but there's no point it's it's a bad broadcast it's just it's just not good 
the camera looks terrible. It's way zoomed out. The court is like maybe 50% at most filling up the screen. The, the, the humans on the screen look tiny. Uh, the commentator is not good. His pronunciations are a joke. Um, I'm not, I'm not interested in watching the rest of this tournament. It's, it's so insignificant. It's so, so, so insignificant. Yeah, it is. It is a. It is terribly insignificant. I, I will agree. I know the commentator. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's the commentator for the University of Alberta. Um, so he's not so like he does volleyball, but he's not so much of a, as of as of a volley volleyball guy. But he does do volleyball. Um, the production Sport Canada TV. <laughs> if anyone's been following me for a long time, you guys know how I feel about Sport Canada TV. And I mean that production kind of speaks for itself. Yep. Um, not even color graded, Rob. Not even not oh. even color graded. God, um, I, I had to go back. Like after watching a little bit of that game yesterday, I had to go back and watch one of our Norseka games to like refresh well, my brain on what a good picture looks like of a ball. So after after USA Dominican actually like it finished and I was just doing some other things around the house and I was watching it on my YouTube app. And the next one that it queued up was USA versus Cuba. Uh, from our, our game, production. and it has right. just like, oh, that's night oh. and day. That's, that's <laughs> absolute night and day. Like if I if if I was someone you know doing that stream or someone involved with it, um, I would, yeah, yeah, not not the greatest, but um, two hundred. Where dude, I can't. Canada versus USA are the the final from our Norseka is is continuing to do multiple thousands of views per day. It's up to yes. 207. Ridiculous. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's see. And the what's, baseline what's... highlights haven't even been I know. anywhere near U- posted yet. USA Cuba is at 145. <laughs> like the, these things are these things are rolling. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. So uh, keep on watching our volleyball source videos. If you want to be nice to us, maybe just like turn on that playlist uh, from Norseka. Just press play. You can while you go to school or work, you can just pe- rack up some views for us. That would be fantastic. Um, but other than that, Rob, I think as you said, I think we're done here for this episode of the Nine by Nine. Wait a minute, did Thailand beat Poland in the third set? No. What? Hmm? Huh? Oh no, it's not over yet. It's it's sixteen to eleven that they're beating. Poland, that's not acceptable. I Poland. think I'm. Oh no, I have a meeting now. Um, I, I I'll turn this on. I'll turn okay. this on right after this to see what happens. All right, great. Well, you guys, you guys go join turning on uh, Thailand versus Poland with Rob. We will be back next week, probably Monday. Wanna Monday would make. Want to go back to a Monday show? I'm down. All right, cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Discord link is in the video description. By the way, join join it. We'll see you there. We will see uh, we'll see you guys on next week's nine by nine. Thanks for watching. Peace.